In the name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. Life can get rather complicated, can't it? Just a little over a year ago, we were not talking about pandemics, let alone did we really know much about COVID-19 other than it was in some other part of the world and we're not sure if it was even going to impact us here in the United States. But then, as you well know, lo and behold, it came along and life got rather complicated. All of a sudden now things were shut down. They still are shut down in some ways. People all of a sudden could not go to work. People all of a sudden had to stay home. Heaven forbid, stay home with their husbands or their wives and even their kids. After a short amount of time, you even heard family members telling one another and other friends, my goodness, I haven't been around my family this much in a long time, and I'm getting a little annoyed. I'm getting a little irritated. Things just seem to be complicated at home. But yet in the midst of all of the complication, we were losing track of the fact that people were actually able to spend more time with their kids and with their spouses. People were able to get more things done around their house. They were actually, there's actually a shortage on appliances because people were cooking and using their refrigerators more. We were looking at all of the complicated mess that was around all of us, and yet we were looking at the simple little truths of what was happening in our midst. People could be around their family members. We saw this as well with all of the political discourse and bantering going on. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle you sit on. Nonetheless, things got complicated. Things got into a big tizzy, and one side would go after the other, and vice versa. And yet, all the while, in the midst of all of this, we quickly forgot the fact that we live in a very free and prosperous country. We are able to openly elect our officials in a free system. And we are able to live as free people with great liberties to come and go where we want. In the midst of all the complications, we lost track of the simple things that we are still given, no matter who's in the White House, the governor's mansion, or even who is the mayor. It's even gotten complicated with the church. Churches have been shut down. You all were shut down for a while until last July. And all of a sudden, things got complicated. Gone were all the programs. Gone were all the social events. Gone were all of the things that we had relied on as a church and that we enjoyed, and rightly so. Things all of a sudden got complicated. We had to found a technology fund. We all of a sudden are putting cameras up in the church and computers. We're all of a sudden streaming and having a YouTube page. Rather than just putting up audio files of a sermon, we now have our own page where we're putting up internet videos of our services, live streaming to a lot of people at home. But even then, there were those who said, eh, it looks a little grainy. I don't like that the bulletin's on the screen or whatever else. I've talked to pastors all over the place from all different denominations. And even the churches have gotten all complicated and people just don't seem to be happy with all of this. And yet we miss the simple truths that we are able to have our doors open, that we are gathered around God's word and his sacraments and the simple realities of what God has given to us are still present for us here and for everybody watching online. God's word has been able to cut through all of this pandemic 
all of the complications and still bless us. As we move forward as a church with these uncertain times, even in 2021, it's best that we get back to the basics. As my father used to tell me, use the KISS principle. Keep it simple, sir. I'm not going to use that other word, all right? Keep it simple. Get back to the very basics of why we are gathered. The disciples in our gospel reading today were given that very basic understanding of why Jesus had come today. Jesus is getting ready to go to Jerusalem, and he says, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of the Man by the prophets will be accomplished. He's basically telling them the whole message of the Old Testament is going to be accomplished. Well, that's a pretty big thing. What is the entire message of the Old Testament? And he says it very simply. I will be delivered over to the Gentiles. I will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging me, they will kill me. And on the third day, I will rise from the dead. In the midst of all the complications of them following Jesus around for three years, in the midst of all of the healings and the miracles that they saw, in the midst of all of the questions and misunderstandings that they had, in the midst of all of the complications of leaving their family members, their jobs and whatnot and following Jesus, Jesus gets back to the very simple truths of why he came. He came not to set up shop as a king who will make our lives better, and more prosperous and whatnot, he came to serve. He came to die. He came as one who knew no sin and yet became sin for us and would taste death, our death, our condemnation, our payment that we deserve for our sins that we've done against God and against each other. Jesus says, this is why I've come, to go to Jerusalem and to be crucified and to rise again on the third day. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden, and they did not grasp what he had said. Everything had gotten so complicated, everything had gotten so convoluted, that they were not sure exactly why they were following Jesus. And when he tells them the plain, simple realities of why he came, they don't understand it. It takes a blind man sitting in the dust and the dirt on the side of the road to teach them about the pure, simple nature of why Jesus has come. This blind man asks what's going on, and the crowd following Jesus, this complex crowd, they say, well, we're following Jesus of Nazareth. Now, you may not think much about that term, Jesus of Nazareth, but that really is just a statement of, we're following this guy who's Jesus, who lives in Nazareth. There's no statement about he's the son of God, he's the Messiah, he's the payment for sin, he's the one who's come to bring us life and immortality. They are in many ways sort of sheepish, these followers of Jesus. We're following Jesus of Nazareth. Leave it up for the blind man, the one sitting in the dust and the dirt of the road, to get the pure, simple confession of who Jesus is correct. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, he says. He is saying that the one who comes from the lineage of David that we heard about from 1 Samuel today, this is the Messiah. He's not just simply from Nazareth. He is the long-awaited Savior of the world. And do you notice what the followers of Jesus say to him? Shh! 
quiet. Be quiet. You're complicating things. You're making this too complex. And why do they do this? Because this blind man's confession of who Jesus is is in many ways a true statement, but it's also a very dangerous statement. Because there was only one king, earthly king, in Jesus' time. That would be Caesar. And if you said that there was some other king, even the son of David, was, which was a reference to the king, that was lining yourself up for a treason trial and a death sentence. That's why the crowds shut this man up. But as this man is told to be quiet, even more so, he gives the pure, simple realities of who Jesus is. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you'll notice that Jesus stops and he listens. Imagine that. Jesus stops in the midst of all the complexities and complications of life and he simply listens. We call that prayer. Speaking to God. Speaking to God when things are not going the way that they seem to be going. Speaking to God when life gets too complicated. Yes, it may at times seem like God is not answering your prayers or even hearing you, but the Bible tells us over and over again, keep asking. Keep asking. Be like that child that wants the cookie that keeps asking over and 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 over again until you finally relent and say, fine, here's the cookie. This is what God says in a sense of our life of prayer. And he asks this man, what do you want me to do for you? And this man says, if it's your will, help me recover my sight. And Jesus does. And this is where our English translation really gets it wrong. Because it says there that Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Jesus does not say that in the original. He says, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. Life can get very complicated. Life can get very complex. And in many ways and times, we can get all drawn into the complexities and the anxieties and the worries. But nonetheless, Jesus comes here with the true, simple purity of his gospel. And by faith, we receive that and know that he will see us through all of these things that we've encountered in life. He will even strengthen this church, just as he did today with the baptism of little Amara. Here, the very simple word of God connected to water washed Amara clean of all of her sins. You have a new sister in Christ, and for that we rejoice and give thanks and praise. No pandemic, no snowstorm or impending snowstorm, nothing in this life, in this world, will keep God from seeking and saving out the lost, and those who are in need of his salvation. God continues to bless this congregation by his word. We may have gotten back to very simple things of gathering around word and sacrament, but that's actually what we are supposed to be doing as our foundation. Everything else that we do outside of that, no matter how complex it is, is all drawn out of what God has planted here by his word and by his sacraments. And we see the realities of that as we continue on in this life and as we continue on with the great uncertainties and fears. I had the pleasure 
it may not sound like a pleasure, but as a pastor who has been very limited with what I can do at times, I had the pleasure of going and seeing Suzanne Jaco this past week, who is in the hospice unit at St. Vincent's. She had a terrible situation, medical situation this past week, and I was able to actually go in and do the commendation of the dying for her. She was unconscious, but there was the word of God and the gift of prayer. There was the very simple yet powerful words spoken into Suzanne's ear that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him not should not perish, but have eternal life. There was Jesus asking in some ways, what do you want me to do for her? And we would simply pray, into your hands, O Lord, we commit her spirit through the gift of prayer. It wasn't very complex. It was rather simple, and that's the way it's meant to be. In the midst of death, in the midst of uncertainties, in the midst of fears, in the midst of the anxieties and all the things that we face, God's word is still clearly resounding from this place for all of you. God's gifts are regularly given out for you, and no matter what we face in this life, we will keep it that way. No matter what it is that tomorrow brings, for God will continue to send out his word from this place for you and through you and for the benefit of others as he will continue to bless and to grow his church, not according to our ways or according to man's ways, but according to his will being done. Because the crucified Savior has come for you, he's given up his life for you, he has forgiven you all of your sins, and he has walked out of that empty tomb to promise you as well the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Because you are amongst the baptized, you are amongst the ones who God calls as his beloved children. You are the ones in the midst of all of the complexities and complications of life have the pure, simple, loving Savior Jesus on your side, in you and for you, no matter what you face. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.